0: Hello everyone. Welcome to Isolation Conversations. It's
1: ben and Jen. Putting the Q&A in quarantine.
0: Wow. Now, I know that all of you who've been listening to this are like, "All right, Jen, we get it." And Ben, we know you guys. You talk to nothing but comedians. And today is nothing different. We're talking to somebody who uh I love this man. He is so talented. But what he has done is he has taken his talents far away from me, which makes me sad. And he is running uh, something called the Other Side Academy, which he's going to tell us all about. Please put your hands together for Bo Clark.
2: It's a really good crowd sound. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I wouldn't say I run the place. I mean, I, I like what that did to my head when you said it, but um, <laughs> I, I help. Um, so, what, what the Other Side Academy is, we are a two-year residential facility for ex-convicts, substance abusers, chronically homeless people, pretty much anyone who needs to get their lives together. Uh, what separates the Other Side Academy from other uh, quote-unquote programs is that we accept zero dollars from the government and we cost nothing to our students. We operate solely by running social enterprises. So we currently have the number one rated moving company in the state and the number one rated thrift store in the state, which that's what I do run is our, our thrift division. So uh, yeah, that's that's us in a nutshell. I myself went through a similar process at a place called Delancey Street. 10 years ago, you would have found me next to my favorite dumpster with a needle in my arm. And I went through that process and uh, thereafter lived a life of, you know, sobriety and relative success for the following seven years, which is when I met Jen in the improv comedy community. And then, you know, cut to about a year ago, I was recruited by the the leadership here at the Other Side Academy in Salt Lake City, Utah, of all places. So I ended up uh, up and moving and leaving Jen and moving out here to, uh, to help run this, this, this academy.
0: Uh, That was the first question I didn't even have to ask, but tell us who you are. Uh, Is there anything else you want to fill in? Because you've had a very interesting life.
2: Interesting, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, there. So here at the Other Side Academy and in Delancey Street, we have a process where you sit on the bench when you're you're wanting to be uh, interviewed for entry into the community, and from that point on, you make your first commitment, which is that we're I'm going to do this for two full years, and you have to withhold, you know, keep with that commitment. So we always talk about pre-bench life and post-bench life. So post-bench, I I am the type of person that um you know I I can be relied on integrity is important important. important to me selflessness is important to me character honesty and that's the that's the me that jen knows you know like i've i've developed a, a really strong friendship with jen and the me before the bench i probably would have pretended to develop that relationship with jen so that i could steal her money and her uh let her she could would let me stay on her couch and cook for me. And I was just kind of a really manipulative, not great dude. So, um, yeah, so my, my life is broken up into those segments, pre bench and post bench.
1: That's, that's, I think it's really powerful to have just like a, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not, I don't want to speak for you. It sounds like it's very tr- uh, transformational to have a transformation moment and be able to go like, okay, this is like a turning point. Um, like they use that kind of language in uh, religious circles a lot.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: you know, like a turn away point, uh, uh, it's literally what the word repent means. Um, yeah. though it's used more as a, uh, a cudgel than a, mm-hmm. uh, a kind <laughs> of a moment, but, uh, yeah, and-
2: yeah. And it's individualized for us. So you you sit on the bench, we accept you, and you make a commitment to do this for two years. And then it's the individual's choice whether it's yet another an, a 1,000 million broken commitments or it's the one that you kept that was really hard. And when you can keep a really hard one, it's really easy to keep the little ones like, yes, I'll help you move your furniture or, yes, I'll be there to help teach this class. Or, yeah, the, you, you get used to making and keeping commitments when you make and keep a big one that's really hard.
1: That's awesome. That's really good. I'm 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 glad I'm glad to hear that exists.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, Cool. So uh, uh, so you you were talking about how you you help run the the center and you you are in charge of the uh, the kind of the thrift store uh, element of it. How has your daily routine changed (laughs) as a result of COVID nineteen?
2: <laughs> well, I was I was talking about it with a, a student the other day, and I said it's it's not like comparing apples and oranges. It's like comparing apples with screwdrivers. You know what what we did before the the lockdown and what we've done after are just wildly different. We've had to adapt, and the the good thing is that we are in an environment where we have our own set of rules. We have our own structure. So we, didn't, we don't have to wait for the government to tell us to do something. We can just say we're going to do it. And then that trickles down to our culture because, you know, that's, that's, we have, we, because we accept no government funding, we're allowed to do things our own way. So we have our own really government set up. So we were able to move lightning fast and say, all right, on Tuesday, we're opening our doors. On or on Tuesday, we're closing our doors. On Wednesday, we already have our Etsy, our eBay, our Poshmark, our OfferUp, our LetGo, our Facebook Marketplace, because we can just mobilize and just pivot in an entirely different direction. So um, like I said, we're the, we're the number one rated thrift store in the state. And we have a really, really um, loyal clientele. And so uh, we just had to first mobilize our people and then mobilize our customer base to just change the way they're approaching buying. So we we have two locations. We just opened our second location <laughs> three months ago. So we've had two months of normal operation before this hit. And a part of us is Really kicking ourselves for because now we have an extra twenty five thousand dollars a month in rent for our second location, and we have to make that because we uh, we don't accept government fundings and we are completely self supporting. So we had to tack really hard to make that happen. So one location is where we sell furniture. Um, we've had to develop some systems to sell furniture that is are incredibly labor intensive. Luckily, we have the student base that that are soldiers and they're they're so up for the challenge. The only thing that's hard for them is not giving each other high fives for all the hard work that they're doing. Um, what, what we're doing is, you know, normally we have uh, an inventory system for everything that we have in the store and the warehouse. And a customer comes and we, they can look through that inventory and we just show them around. And what that's turned into is the customer looks through that inventory and instead of showing them around, they say what they want We go, we pick it up, even if it's a 500-pound armoire. We bring it out to the dock while they wait in their car. We go inside while they get out of their car, and they check it. They look at it. They can touch it, do whatever they want. They go back to their car. We go, we disinfect it, and then if they want it, then they call us, and we pay for it over the phone, and then we do curbside delivery with zero exposure. And then the, obviously that works when it's you know two hundred to twelve hundred dollars pieces of furniture. But for the smaller stuff, that's strictly online now. All of our clothing is strictly through Poshmark. All of our um, you know knickknacks as is electronics are strictly through eBay. So we've become an online business. Which every every challenge that's happened in our organization period and through COVID nineteen. Is also an opportunity. So we've had an opportunity now to teach students these social enterprises so that when they graduate, they now know how to run an eBay store. They know, now know how to do uh, shipping and insurance on shipping. They now know how to differentiate between a high-value item, a mid-value item, and a low-value item and make, make choices where to sell it based off of that. So it's, it's really turned into an opportunity to open a whole new avenue of social enterprise that will last us well on into when we go back to normal, if we ever do go back to normal. That's, that's great.
0: That's awesome. Um, what about the living situation? Because huh. you are living with a bunch of people and it's yeah. like, how's that affected?
2: So we made our first uh, appearance on Reddit and, um, <laughs> it was funny because I'm 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 probably the the youngest. Am I the youngest staff member? No, but I'm the, I'm probably the most tech savvy staff member. Um, and and I'm definitely the most like young spirited because I'm the I'm that guy that goes home and plays video games and has a Reddit and a imager account and you know is up with the TikTok trends. So we appeared on Reddit and it was. <laughs> It was for uh social distancing fail, and someone had driven by and seen us do a uh, what we call a bridge crossing, which is where someone graduates and you know when you enter into the academy you make a commitment and you cross the bridge to come to the other side and then you uh, graduate as a as as a. a contributing member of society. So they saw all of us all grouped together out on the lawn doing this bridge crossing and they posted this is a social distancing fail. And what they fail to understand is there's really no difference between us doing our bridge crossing and you sitting with your family of four in the living room. This is my family. You know, this is this is internal. So it, it wasn't all of us going out being exposed to the world and then coming home. It's all of us are at home and we're locked into this. We're just locked into it at Three different locations. Our main facility, which is a whole city block in Salt Lake City, our uh, thrift store in Murray and our thrift store in Mill Creek. So those are all our homes. Those are all our own properties. And other than that, we're locked down. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, it's been interesting because, you know, we did I lose you? No, okay. we're here. Sorry, <laughs> my screen went blank. Um, you know, we, we normally pride ourselves in just kind of living out in the community. We do community service. We have guests come in all the time. We're really open with what we do and 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 enmeshed in the Salt Lake City community. And shutting that off has been has been a challenge. We have to figure out ways to entertain ourselves without stacked on top of each other. So you know, internally, even though we are one family unit, we still have to take measures. You know, instead of all of us being in our chow hall at the same time for an hour stacked on top of each other, we had to stagger dinners. You know, we yeah. spent $7,000 on hand washing stations at the entrances. And luckily, I was um, lucky enough to get on some bulk um, sanitizer before everything hit. You know, as soon as I started hearing rumblings of it on the internet, I said, we need to stock up. And, you know, we got 1500 dollars worth of sanitizer so we have that we're you know we're doing okay it's just what we look like to the outside world is is sometimes challenging because they don't see that we are actually one family unit
0: but isn't just recovery to the outside world challenging
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially our way of doing it. You know, even that even that terminology is 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 we don't use. So we what what we fancy ourselves as is is we're not we're not graduating people who are not going to drink and smoke. That's that's not our goal. Our goal is to graduate people of the highest caliber of integrity and character. So we don't talk about drugs. We don't have groups where we talk about like I don't know what drugs my students did and they don't know what drugs I did. They, they, I, I know who they are, and what kind of behaviors start leading them down a the path where they're a scumbag who does use other people for drugs. But that's our, our primary goal is to so so we're an anomaly, not only amongst mainstream society, we're even an anomaly amongst the recovery community, because I don't even know what the 12 steps are, to be honest, you know, I know that for two years of my life, if I didn't, give work my all I had people screaming at me about it if I lied about something I had people screaming at me about it if I you know I it's just all about accountability and character and integrity to the point where you are a person who is of such of such strong moral fiber that doing crack is so like you know that if I ask either of you would you do crack the answer is no because you have strong moral fiber none of us had that so that's what we're trying to instill in people and actually this this COVID 19 era has created some, uh, again, opportunities for us because when I'm not washing my hands and I'm not wearing a mask when I'm in public and I'm not changing my gloves every time I have an exposure incident. Um, I, I'm not really putting myself at risk. I'm a healthy 37 year old dude. So, but I am putting other people at risk. We have people who are medically vulnerable in our community. So it's not about saving me. It's about saving the next person. And that's what we're all about. So every time someone has what we call an exposure incident, um, it's not about them. It's about them being their old selves. They're, they're slipping back into selfish, really shitty behaviors. Wow.
1: Wow. Mm.
0: So, So with, um, I mean, I'm. I, do you grow your own food, or how are you getting that? Is are you large enough that it is being delivered, or do people actually have to go to the grocery store? Like, how does that work when you're dealing with a home community so large?
2: Gosh, it's it's a challenge. Um, again we're lucky in that we had some foresight going into this so we don't accept government funding but we do accept in-kind donations so we were having um incoming funds from the not funds but incoming um uh foods from the food bank and from the bishop storage so obviously out here in salt lake city the uh church of jesus we're not supposed to see saints. Saints. The, the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints that's what we're supposed to say uh, <laughs> uh, they're, they're a huge presence here and they love what we're doing um, we are 100 non-denominational we're faith friendly but we have no interest in you know the they're, it's complicated. The relationship between becoming a, d- a decent person and religion can become really complicated. So we just kind of don't do that here. But we are really good friends of the church, and that their bishop store was also helping us out. But all those spigots have kind of run dry because we are a community. If you were if you were to see where we live, we. We live in a mansion and we own five buildings. It's one of the most beautiful city blocks in Salt Lake City. We run multi-million dollar industries. So right now in this time of need, you have homeless people who are being kicked out of the shelters because they can't be socially distanced. And then you have people who are running the multi-million dollar industries that are doing it for themselves who really needs that food. And it's not us. So that those wells have run dry. Um so we are having to buy in bulk and be smart about you know one of our social enterprises is uh, food service. So we have people who are students who are learning to cook for a hundred people, and they're again having some great opportunities because normally we have excess and everything. We have the food store, we have the food bank, we have what we purchase, and they're fine. So, but now they're having to learn how to do more with less, and it's really a challenge that that they're stepping up to. I I'm definitely not hungry. I walk. And every night to see something else new and creative, and uh, but you,
0: you only know. eat mac and cheese and chicken tenders. We
2: are going to talk about that, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, before you even said that, I was thinking in my head: if students listen to this podcast, they're going to hear me say I eat I eat great every night, and they're going to be like, "Dude, you're just you just you fucking lied." <laughs> you are going to hold me to the same standard that I hold them because I go in and like cherry pick, like, "Oh, you made cool talk. I'll t- I'll eat the meat."
0: I'll (laughs) eat the meat. I'll eat the cheese. Mm. Uh, Is that a vegetable? I'm allergic.
2: (laughs) Last night they did. What did she do? She made her own tzatziki sauce and and gyros, but with like chicken instead of. Because she's just making. We're just making shit up. And so she made like chicken gyros with this like homemade, really not tzatziki sauce. And I was just like, I'm just going to take the chicken and pretend like they're chicken tendies and I'll be fine.
0: (laughs) you an adult man calling them chicken tendies. That that lets us know.
2: (laughs) Something's never changed.
0: I love you so much. I miss you. Uh, So what hobbies, uh, not that you have a lot of free time, but what hobbies or what are you doing to stay occupied in your downtime?
2: So we uh we have a bunch of people. So there's all the other day we uh remember in the science fair when you did like aerodynamics experiments. So we did that with a hundred very large tatted up ex cons and drug addicts. We were going out on the landing and sh- sh- throwing our uh our paper airplanes to see whose could go the farthest. <laughs> <laughs> um and you know like it's that's we have that you know we did a, uh, a a circle up of improv so we we tried to do a little improv and they were doing so well with all the fun warm-up games and all the fun like little crowd participation games i was like oh let's, let's actually move on to scene work and god that was a shit show but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh- but yeah yeah, some some great stuff, you know. Like, and and for us, it's also um, an opportunity to connect. So a lot of times, we're our moving company because there we are the number one. We do a really good job and we take it very seriously. But that means sometimes they're out until eight or nine o'clock, and our, our our thrift store employees same deal. Sometimes we don't get home. So the people who either work in the house and you know when you're when you're new, you can't really go work out in the field for three months. You just have to stay at the house and do maintenance work. And you know we're we're trying to program them into, uh, our culture a little bit. So it doesn't make sense to have them go be workhorses. So we don't get to, and not everyone gets to connect on the level that they're getting to now, because at five o'clock we get to decide the workday's over now. Like, you know, so we're, we're still working nine to five, even as now the, the, the well is running drier and drier and drier. There's always more to do in a facility like this. So we get the option of when we're in our home to just say, okay, we are at home, but you're at work, go clean. Go uh, that bathroom, go remodel it that, uh, you know, so we're, we're able to still work through this, but we're Mm -hmm. just doing it internally. So that's a big hobby work. (laughs) And then of course, connecting with each other, you know, there's, we're getting to see new relationships form between some of our older students and some of our younger students where the older students typically would be out doing moves all day. Now they're at home working right next to the new guys. And it's, it's cool to watch those connections form.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah, that's that's, um, that's really great to hear. Uh, uh, so our, our fourth question, uh, what, if anything, uh, could take your uh, your shelter-in-place situation to the next level? Uh, the way Jen usually phrases it, which I really like, is uh, is what what uh, what would could you have that would make it so that you're sheltering in place in style? You know, that you're, <laughs> really, really,
2: you're really <laughs> nailing it. You know, it's funny. Um, so this actually bleeds into the last one because we... Um, we are lucky and that our founder um, is a social scientist his name's Joseph Grenny and he's always been really really involved so he took the Delancey Street model brought it to Salt Lake City brought a bunch of Delancey Street graduates that he trusted to run it and you know let's let's that fly but he's also really involved and he can't be now because we are social distancing, and he's at home with his family, and he doesn't live with us. So even though he's normally there every day, he doesn't live with us. So we can't, in good conscience, tell the community we are strictly our family unit when we still have outside forces coming in, and he's an outside force. So instead, what he's done is spoiled the shit out of us. So we got a um, we got a pool table we got uh one of those dart boards that like tracks how fast you go and does slow motion cameras we got the um the, the little basketball with the net thing inside and the latest is we got a batting cage which if anyone knows me my firmest boundary don't throw shit at me like i can't stand balls <laughs> flying at my face so like there goes your I, social life <laughs> I, I was just giving you ammo for that <laughs> <laughs> every every time I uh, every time I walk past that motherfucker, I have to literally sprint because there's just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. so we're already kind of doing it in style, to be honest. Like, that's, sound, know, that's like, I, I Sick. I keep telling these guys that are, are complaining about things. I'm like, look, you fucked your life off and then ended up in Shangri-La. There are people that <laughs> didn't fuck their life off that you know just go home and take care of their three kids and every penny of their paycheck goes to their family and they never did drugs and they never committed crimes and they have it way worse than we do right now. They're stuck in a house for three weeks with three weeks worth of rations wondering when this is going to end and you're in a fucking batting cage and you want to come out and complain to me about how life is hard. Shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> just a little bit of taste of how we talk to each other.
0: <laughs> oh, tough love is wonderful. It I, feel is, like it is. I would much rather have somebody be real with me and, and tell me exactly what they think than someone yeah. who's like, oh, okay, well, let's put a pin in that.
2: and you know being out of this environment for seven years and then getting back into it was i thought it was going to be more challenging than it was but it was a breath of fresh air man so we have this thing that we do two nights a week where we sit in a circle and there is no rules you can say whatever the fuck you want to each other and it's called games and the idea is to bring behaviors to each other and i was like man when i take my first game it's going to be hard but it was so nice to know exactly where. Everyone stood with me like to know, well, you think my, my humor is annoying and that I don't take life seriously. And you think that I'm on some look at me shit and I want to be the center of attention all the time. And you think that my laugh fucking grates at your nerves and stop, it. you know, just the, the little things that you wonder, do people like me? Do people think this of me? Do people think this of me? When they bring those behaviors to you, you know exactly where you stand. And I'm like, you know, that's nice. That's actually a blessing more than occurs.
0: Oh, I don't know if my ego could take that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love games. I, I live for games. Um, obviously, now we have to do it with much larger distance between the chairs because there's lots of yelling, which means there's lots of spitting. and, you know, yeah. But, but we're, we're continuing to do it because that's, that's what we do. We save lives, you know, and we can't, we can't turn off the things that are in the middle of saving lives in order to save lives. We just have to do it more more smart. Uh, The other thing that we're doing is um, we didn't want to close our doors. Uh, We want to accept new students. When someone's out there and the shelter closes down and they hit a whole new level of rock bottom, we don't want to say, no, we won't take you because of the coronavirus. So what we've done is we've cordoned off an entire uh, floor of one of our buildings. And when when someone new wants to interview, they have to go straight to that building. We interview them. And if we accept them, they go into a mandatory two-week quarantine in a really sterile environment where they're only having contact with a couple of people and that even when they're not sick, they're just, they're an outside force. So we have to quarantine them for two weeks. So we're, we're trying to continue saving lives when 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 it's a really difficult thing to do, but we do hard things. That's the whole point. That's great. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's what Ben's going through right now. He's an outside force in Alaska and he's being quarantined.
2: Wow.
1: Yep. I'm, uh, I am got, I got two days left and then I'm going up to the North Slope for some critical
2: infrastructure work. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's challenging. You know, it's it's there's some things where it's like, okay, we just can't do that. Like, we're a moving company. We can't do moves. There's no way to work around it and be smart about it. And, you know, we'll have to make adjustments when the world reopens and we go out and do moves again. But there are things where it's like, we don't have a choice. We have to do that. So how do we do it with uh, zero exposure? And if that's not a possibility, how do we do it with minimal exposure? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Well, this is our last question, which means this conversation comes to an end, which means I'm, I'm going to miss you. Uh, <laughs> but what is the unexpected upside to all this? So the thing that brings you joy, your, your silver lining in an era of COVID-19.
2: There's so many. Like I said, every every challenge is an opportunity, and that's how that's how we've been viewing it. Um, we have an interesting dilemma. So in the last three months of your stay in the Other Side Academy, you do what's called a workout phase, which means you go to work, and you work your job, you earn a paycheck, and then you come home, and then you continue to do all the things we do as students. And that's a really important phase because it allows you to sort of inch your way back out into the world instead of just jumping off a cliff. And it also allows you to save all your earnings. So we don't take any of it. You just earn your paycheck. You put it into savings. And in that three months, when you graduate, you have a nice big nest egg to start your life with. Well, how do you do that (laughs) in the COVID-19 world? Because I can't have these workouts going to work and then coming home and And exposing themselves to the community. That defeats the purpose of all the other measures that we're taking. So, the silver lining is that now what we've done is instead of having those, I think there's 12 of them, those 12 students come home, those 12 students. We're just kind of going to their apartments and watching TV and we're able to create a mini version of our culture with just those 12 students. So now I'm watching as they form connections that they otherwise wouldn't have if they were just coming back to our population in general. And they do versions of what we do on their own as adults who aren't programming, but they're just adults out in the wild who are choosing to do these things instead of being forced to do these things. They're doing it because it's the right thing to do, not because it's a rule that we're telling them they have to do or they're going to get punished. So it's it's really cool to watch that happen. And I think that's happening with family units around the world as well. You know, there's two ways you're going to deal with this. You're going to claw at each other's throats or you're going to develop a sense of bond and community that maybe you didn't have before this. And sometimes clawing at each other's throats is the game. Sometimes it's just like what I what we do here. When you claw at each other's throats, you're surfacing problems that you were just burying deep down, and you were just you know walling off. And that's equally unhealthy. So I think I think we're being forced to contend with the behaviors of those in our enclosed spaces in a way that we never had to before. And I hope I hope that that develops stronger community within our domestic spheres. Over over these next God, who knows? Weeks, months. Yeah. <laughs> I think who knows is good. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> question mark. Oh,
2: uh, I hate it. And that's 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 my big struggle right now is you know, I'm uh, especially and that's that's our students' big struggle too, is we have objective things that we do and it's we we know what to expect and we know how long it's gonna be, and we're just having to deal with a big giant question mark right now and it's scary. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Well it has been uh, just an absolute pleasure talking to you and thanks for thanks for uh, joining us on the pod. Um, do you Can I have do a quick plug? It's, 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 it's <laughs> Were you just gonna ask me that? I was. We're on the same <laughs> way. This is great. So yeah, I was gonna ask, is there anything to promote, anything to plug? Uh want uh, people to know about?
2: Yeah, so um, the biggest thing is right now there's an organization called Stand Together. And what they're doing is um, they are matching dollar for dollar any donation that comes to the Other Side Academy. So um, the biggest thing is our GoFundMe. If you can give $10, that becomes immediately $20. Um, So if you go to – if you just Google GoFundMe, the Other Side Academy, it will be the first thing that pops up. Um, Also, look for the Other Side Academy on – facebook marketplace uh actually not unless you're local to salt lake city so poshmark um ebay the other side thrift um those those tags we have really really great stuff on our our in our posh closet lululemon uh all all the big name stuff we're we're selling it on our our poshmark for for significantly lower prices than you would normally see
0: i am addicted to thrift stores it's this girl loves a bargain, and thrift stores are my jam. Girl,
2: you need to come see mine then.
0: <laughs> oh, I, when all this is over, I will come visit. I promise. I I, I want to see your your face and your beard.
2: Yes, yes, and be careful with those. I'm getting a lot of when all this is over commitments, and I hope everyone holds to holds themselves to those.
0: Uh, as Ben, uh, Ben and his wife spent some time in England, and uh, he's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I think that was the comment I got. I was like, I'm going to come see you.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just pulled it up. Our um, posh market is at Tosa Thrift. That's T is in Tom, O-S-A Thrift. And that's our Instagram as well. And, or you could uh, check the Other Side Academy on Facebook.
0: Great. Awesome. Thank you so very much.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm I'm glad you're doing this. This will be a really cool time capsule to look back on over the years or one that just makes us all really sad.
0: Uh, I Literally. hope it's, I hope it's, uh we got through that. How wonderful. Uh, yeah. Our sign off, we encourage you uh, to join us, uh, but we tell our audience, wash your damn hands, y'all. Wash your
1: damn hands, y'all.
2: Can you please, please, for the love of God, wash your, can I say fucking instead? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Wash your fucking hands.
0: <laughs> Thank Bye. you so much. This has been a treat. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.